So I knew that food is our medicine, our blood is our medicine, our bodies will heal themselves if given the right ingredients. So I pursued, I kept on. This podcast does not constitute medical advice. All changes surrounding medications, diet and exercise should be made in consultation with a professional who can assess your unique health circumstances. Welcome to the Rheumatoid Solutions Podcast with Clint Patterson, helping you to live an easier, healthier, and happier life. G'day, it's Clint here, and welcome to the Rheumatoid Solutions Podcast. Today's guest, his name is Phil, and he's going to share with us a massive recovery from extreme back pain, feet pain, the use of multiple medications to getting to a point where now he's in great shape. He doesn't require the medications anymore. And he is uh, raring to go, really, really keen to share with us because uh, he's able to play sport with his son again and live life to the fullest. Phil, I can't wait to uh, hear your story. Uh, Tell us quickly your before and after, and then we'll dive in. Thank you, Clint. So a quick rundown, basically, Last year, almost a year, year ago, I was di- diagnosed with what's called undifferentiated spondyloarthritis, which is a type of autoimmune arthritis. The doctor told me they all sort of overlap each other, so mine was undifferentiated. didn't have a particular great diagnosis. I was put onto lethunamide and prendisolone, a pretty heavy dosage, which I slowly, obviously, slowly tapered off the prendisolone, and I was given lethunamide. And until I had to stop lethunamide because I had some side effects. But by that stage, I'd already sort of had the plant-based diet down pat to the point where I no longer have to take medications. I am probably 97 to 98% pain-free. I live a full and active lifestyle, work in a, as a waiter in a busy restaurant, hit the gym four nights a week after 12-hour day in the restaurant, where it felt better than I ever have, raring to go, as you said. Yeah, it's it's the sort of thing that um, you know blows the minds of medical professionals when these things these things happen. So my first question is, what has your rheumatologist said about your current status, given how far you've come in just a short period of time? Okay, so this this is one of the most exciting ones. The last time I spoke to my rheumatologist around two weeks ago, um, he told me now I only need to see him. In another six months, and after that will be every 12 months. And he said to me, and I quote, I don't have to see you as often now because you're doing my job for me. You are curing yourself. And that was one of the best feelings one could ask for. Isn't that extraordinary? Yeah. Yeah. Was that a telehealth or were you sitting opposite him when he said that? Sitting opposite him after he'd checked all my joints and stuff and actually touched to see if I had any pain. In the problem areas that I previously yeah had pain in. Before we get into the detail of where where you know how they eventuated and 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 the struggles that you had, uh, where was he checking? What have been your problem points? I think I mentioned back and feet, but could you could you tell us? Yeah, look, it started. I didn't have it in my back so much, and the big problem for me, Clint, was in my left plantar. Plantar fasciitis was a huge problem. 
Um, and on my right heel, I had enthesitis really bad. And still that gives you a little bit of a pang of pain to this day. Um, they were the main problem points. But as I said, I had a knuckle that was swollen up on this hand. It was, was I couldn't close my fist. Um, when it was really bad, my knees had blown out. They were really sore. Um, and my sacroiliac joint, when it was really bad, it's worse. I couldn't roll over in bed. I couldn't lay down. I couldn't do anything without pain. I was using crutches just to get around, just to get up and move around the house. So I, I could not walk. Yeah, I, I still have it next to my bed for just in case, <laughs> just in yeah. case. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, man. So, look, let's um, let's let's go through the 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 sort of the tough times and um we won't we won't dwell on this too much because you've got a lot of stuff that you want to share things that you discovered you researched the heck out of this you mm-hmm. basically applied it like a university degree and and did like many of us do is just hit the books hit the research hit online articles and you've you've learned so much and it'll be great to get your perspective on the most crucial things that worked for you so um, but just just to to set the scene and to put you in the position of you know how you were motivated to learn these things, can you just walk us through maybe over the next five minutes or so uh, that journey of waking up for the first time in pain and how it evolved? Uh, well, it kind of evolved slowly, but when it got really bad, I was scared for my life. I didn't know what was going on with my body, and I was starting to suffer night sweats as well, which I didn't know was a, a at that stage, I didn't know that was a sign of your body fighting inflammation. So I was having these huge night sweats. I had this pain through my body. I thought, I've got some sort of cancer or something's going on, something serious. I was scared for my life. Um, obviously, you know, the process went along and the doctors suspected something imposed. I thought it was just probably with my feet, et cetera, or a strain. I didn't know what was going on. Um, so I had I was in and out of podiatrist, I had orthotics made up, and then I was in so much pain with the night sweats, et cetera. My GP suspected something and sent me off to get blood tests, et cetera, and I came up HLA B27 positive, which then we thought might be ankylosing spondylitis, off to the rheumatologist I go, and then diagnosed with undifferentiated spondyloarthritis. The motivation thing came for me just thinking, I'm too young for this. I've got a, I've got a five-year-old son. He wants, he's asking me, Daddy, can we go and play ball? And I couldn't stand up to kick the ball. And he's my, my world. He's my everything, you know. And just being too young for all of this and wanting to, I was going to get better no matter what it took, whether I had to do it with medicine or without. But I really didn't want to take medicines. Um, then I started to... I've done a bit of research online and everything started to string together and I could see that this was achievable through diet, found podcasts of yours, found yourself, and that made me more. That made me determine that, hey, hang on, this is completely reversible in a natural way. I don't need to take these, these medications, this methotrexate and this prendisolone and all these other, I've read about the effects of those and how nasty they could potentially be. So my mind was made up. It was a no-brainer for me, what I, was, what I wanted to do. Also, looking at the benefits of a plant-based diet in general, I started watching a lot of documentaries um, and learning a lot about the the benefits of plant-based diet. Unbelievably, at the same time around that was happening, my best friend was diagnosed with cancer, which then metastasized, went to stage four cancer. He also also started a plant-based diet. 
Clint, if I tell you, in this whole timeline when I've been healing myself, he's been healing himself. Pretty much all the tumors have gone bar one, which is shrinking. Um, so it started in his liver. So I started in his kidney, and it was in his main artery. Um, they they operated, pulled it out, but then it came back, spread to his lungs. But they've all shrunk down. That's his story. That's another story. But so I knew the power of plant based diet. We and I was watching documentaries, and I knew, and I was reading, I was watching testimonies and different stories of not only people with my condition but all conditions. So I knew that food is our medicine. Our blood is our medicine. Our bodies will heal themselves if given the right ingredients. So I pursued. I kept on. I kept on. Mm. And I got, I got back to him. Uh, naturally, you know, to put myself into that position of time, when you're looking online, plant-based diets, in terms of, you know, autoimmune and plant-based combination, uh, you know, we obviously... Uh, uh, uh definitely in amongst the mix with the patterson program uh brooke goldner uh shows up a lot in that in that uh, department for autoimmune when you head out into diabetes and heart disease you you enter into a lot of other uh, names but um what were your considerations at the time what were you thinking about uh, doing in terms of these programs well i had no idea but your one of your podcasts which am I now, um, was one of the first things I'd seen before I'd even had my diagnosis and we suspected ankylosing spondylitis. When my GP suspected ankylosing spondylitis, I saw a lady who'd had amazing results with ankylosing spondylitis with your program. So that's what started me. So mm -hmm. I started to eat healthier and eat cleaner and it was only a matter of time before I bit the bullet and I bought your program. I paid for the money and it was well worth it. And that way I had a guideline and I, I sort of had, it was like I had help Instead of me having discovered this whole new way of eating myself all on my own, I sort of had, you know, some recipes and a guideline and community to, even though I was quiet, I didn't, I didn't, I've been sitting back silently in all these, all these Facebook groups and all these, and, you know, and I've seen, you know, I could have jumped in on, on your online forums and I could have done this, I could have, now I sat back quietly until I knew I was ready, until I knew I'd had results. So, you know, and then I sort of popped up out of the blue. <laughs> <You know? laughs> That's right. Suddenly, suddenly you're like, hey, check this out. It's like Superman I'm pulling back the, uh, the clothes and there he is with the big S on his chest. Um, yeah. so, uh, for those people who are watching this, and this is maybe your first time, uh, you know, listening to conversations on this show, um, and you may have a form of ankylosing spondylitis and uh, so forth, um, to let you know, um, just like Phil has mentioned, we have multiple people in the podcast archive that you can go and watch and learn about what they did and so forth. Um, that includes Cherie, Katie, Selim, Gabrielle, Tamara, and Tiffany, all who have fallen under this kind of ankylizing spondylitis umbrella or uh, spondyloarthritis kind of category. Um, and so, yeah, if, if this is your first time and you're looking for more to build a case for yourself to go and go down the same path that Phil has gone down or these people before you, um, then there's a ton of extremely uh, reassuring uh, stories for you to go and watch. So I thought I'd mention that as we get back to Phil now. So the, the doctor wanted and did actually go ahead and put you on those medications, didn't they? You mentioned methotrexate. I don't think you ended up on that, but he did put you on luflinamide, correct? Yeah, I was on luflinamide. I, I 
wanted to avoid methotrexate like the plague because I'd heard so many horror stories. But I was on lathunamide and I was on some pretty heavy prendisline. And yeah. to be honest, it did affect me. Even those drugs affected me. At first, when I was having to take, you know, such high doses and my body wasn't used to it, I wasn't sleeping well. I did have hair loss, you know. I, I would wake up in the middle of the night. I was just buzzed. It was, it was a strange feeling. It was a strange feeling just having those medications in my body. Fortunately, prendisline, obviously, you taper off because you have to because they know that the effects are. Uh, disastrous. Lathunamide, I would have been happy to sort of plod along and take for the rest of my life because I didn't really feel any bad effects from it. But I think it was my hair, my beard was a lot thinner, my hair was a lot thinner, things weren't really the same. I, only looking back now, I can see that, you know, my beard's come back to full thickness, etc. That might be the better diet that was all, you know, I'm really hyper nourishing my body now. So um, I would have been happy to take lathunamide for the rest of my life. If I didn't have pain, because as we all know, once the pain kicks in, you'll take anything, you know, once it's there. And and agreeing with what you with what you've said in the past as well, you can't be silly and you have to take the medicine sometimes to get the inflammation down while while you work on your diet and working on lowering your inflammation the natural way. So I was happy with the lithunamide. However, one day my rheumatologist rings me and says, you have, you have to come off it straight away. It's affected the, the neutrophils in your white blood cell count and you're going to be very susceptible to infection. So, And that's when I got scared. I was like, I really didn't want to take methotrexate. But then I sort of thought, mm, maybe I don't need to because I could sort of feel in my body that I was okay, you know. Mm. How but far along into the Patterson program and all these and we're going to talk about exercise a lot in just a moment and some other things. How far along that path were you? Uh, in other words, do you think that your intest that your your digestive tract had improved a lot by the point where you come off luflinamide? Yeah, yeah, in a huge way. So I I didn't start the program exactly as I should. I didn't just do a, a, a juice cleanse because I'd already been juicing by that stage. Um, I, so I didn't do the juice fast. Sorry, I didn't just do a juice, a three-day juice fast. Um, and I'd already started eating a lot healthier. So I sort of slowly crept it in. I'd already started a sort of vegan, plant-based diet, and then I bought the program. And I'd already started juicing because I'd seen some of your videos and stuff before I actually paid for the program. So at first I was, I was having – well, first of all, I was waking up in the morning and I was having just raw crushed garlic with water every a cup every morning and then i was having juices with huge amounts of celery and ginger etc anti-inflammatory really anti-inflammatory stuff straight in my stomach but then over time that sort of evolved oh and i, was, I bought l-glutamine i went to the, the supplement shop and bought some l-glutamine i read about that the only type of animal product i was eating at that stage my wife was making me huge bowls of chicken feet soup full of collagen Okay, so I was only eating raw collagen off the chicken feed. I got, got my head around that and, yeah, and now I love it. Now I still eat chicken feed like crazy. So, yeah, because she, my wife's from Latin America, so they eat a lot. They have a sort of different approach to things there, you know, a very natural sort of approach, and they know perhaps things that we don't know in modern medicine, you know. So, yeah, look, I was having a lot of that, and then that, the juices and et cetera, they sort of evolved into smoothies once I saw 
Dr. Brooke Golden on uh, talking about lupus, which by this stage I'd sort of painted a picture of all the autoimmune and all linked through the gut microbiome, et cetera, as well as, as taking on a plant-based anti-inflammatory diet and, and sort of feeding good microbiota in the stomach and fibres, et cetera. So the juices evolved into smoothies, anti-inflammatory smoothies with, you know, having my five servers of veg every day, which were all, four or five serves or whatever, which we're meant, all meant to have, but very little of us do, having that in a smoothie every morning with kale, with broccoli, with whatever veg I had, with carrot, with some berries, with uh, blueberries, which are very anti-inflammatory, which I, I learned amazing, I think through your podcast, I learned that they actually teach your cells how to fight inflammation, blueberries and, and polyphenols and things like this. So I've learned so much that I don't know how much I've learned because my mind, I don't have a scientific brain, so I can't remember everything. You know, that's why it's good to talk to you and, and sort of put it all into perspective again for me. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And yeah, those um, those smoothies that you're talking about there, if you've got all of those greens in there, and then you've got the the um, as you say the polyphenols, which are all the different coloured fruits and vegetables. So keep in mind, there's no polyphenols in meat products. There are no there's no fibre in meat products and these are the two things that are so crucial to restore our health so for those people who are sitting on the fence wondering but but you know what about these other plans where you know you eat lots of meat and vegetables like an autoimmune protocol or something like that well it's a titanic you know you can get improvements uh, for a little while because you've eliminated all your uh, your dairy products and your and most of your oils and processed foods. And for a lot of people, that gets them a great result. But that's not going to get you there in 5, 10, 15 years. That's, that's a Titanic. That You've eaten all those uh, meat products, and you just cannot defy the science in the end. So you've got all of the greens in there, which are uh, alkalizing. They're fully omega-3, no omega-6. You're putting all the polyphenols, as you said, with all of the coloured, especially blueberries. In these smoothies, also in these yes. smoothies, chia seeds, flax seeds, every day, daily, a daily thing with with these smoothies, and yeah, as well as eating, you know, plant based mm-hmm. every day. And then, so when you came off the lefalinamide, then what happened? Well, nothing. <laughs> that was the amazing thing. I I I started picking. I was still. By this stage, I was, you know, I started back at work doing, you know, three shifts and four shifts and still with a bit of a limp. My foot was still sore. And then but things were getting better and better every week. And was it the lathunamide take, taking its part or was it my diet? I could sort of sense it was my diet. I could feel it. I don't know. Something inside me could feel it was was me doing this, not the doctor's magic pills, as I as I said in my, in my, my timeline piece I sent you. And then I had to come off and I sort of felt like I was okay. I spoke to him and I said, what, what about if I don't take anything? And he was sort of, he, he not against it, but he didn't really recommend. He was sort of convinced that I wouldn't be able to, like I was, pain was going to come back in. But I was sort of believed that, no, I didn't even need the lithunamide. I don't know why. I just knew that I didn't need it anymore. So... I think I, I showed you my timeline. I he wanted he had to go away. He had his holidays or something during that period. So I came off the methunamide because I had to, and I, I'd already had methotrexate in my house because he there was an he told me earlier a few months earlier that I was at 
90%, but he wanted to see me at 100%. And it was almost it was almost like a drug dealer. It's like, if you just take this little methotrexate with you or dunamide, I can get you to 100%, you know? And it was tempting. <laughs> it was funny, very man. tempting. That's funny. It's like, did he did he have the black coat on and like lift inside and say, yeah, 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 yeah. and I can do it for nothing too. It's covered by the government. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so I I thought about it then, and then I thought, you know what? I've already seen some great improvement, so I am going to get better, even if it takes me five years. I'll I'll get I'll beat this. You know, I had no idea I'd I'd do it so quickly. You know. So I thought, you know what, this is a marathon. This conditions with me for life, they've told me. So this is going to be more of a marathon, not a sprint. So I thought, I'm fine. I don't want to take the method trick. So. But then when I had to – I can't remember when it was that I did pick up a bottle. I went. He sort of convinced me. I went and got a bottle, and I was looking at people's stories on my telephone of people taking method tricks, and my wife sort of pleaded with me, look, just hold out, you know. Don't take it just yet. Let's double down on a diet again. And I can't remember the exact timeline of things, but by the next time when I had to go back and see the rheumatologist and I asked him, all right, do I need to take the methotrexate? You know, what are your thoughts and how's everything and how's my blood work, et cetera? He sort of conceded that I didn't need to because I'd bring my, my CRP and my ESR levels so down so low. From memory, like I say, it's all so, I went through so many things, you know, so many emotions, and so it's hard to piece together the whole timeline. But I do remember key mm. points like that. So by the time I came off the lathunamide and I was looking at having to swap, not take them both together, but swap from one to the other, he, he had gone on holidays for a while and it was going to take two weeks or something for the lathunamide to leave my system before I, he wanted, he didn't want me to start the methotrexate until the lathunamide had completely left my system to get my, my blood work back to normal or whatever. And I, like I said, I can't remember exactly because so many things go into it, so many emotions and so many thoughts. And But uh, it had been five weeks. I'd been off with Thunamide by the time I emailed him mm-hmm. and said, I, I'm going to do it without. You know, I've just, mm-hmm. I have Celebrex here on hand if I need to. Mm-hmm. And But I'm just going to try and manage the diet and exercise. When was the last time you took any meds? Well... I think around December last year. December. When I came okay. off the lafinamide, yeah. Okay. So to put, I stopped in, to put that into context. Well, no, well, January, perhaps. It might have been early January, late December. Okay. So so let's let's call it five months ago. Five mm-hmm. months. How do you feel now? Amazing. Absolutely amazing. I, the only reason I, I get sore from time to time is because I'm lifting heavier and heavier weights in the gym every night when I go. <laughs> now, you're inst- on your Instagram, you mm. run around with his shirt off. Now, you look like kind of a, uh, a David Beckham in his heyday with the, with the abs and the, and the physique and, the you know, like a lean, muscular. Uh, how, how have you found, you know, exercise to be a parallel adjunct therapy to getting well? Parallel adjunct therapy? Mm-hmm. What does yeah, that mean exactly? So, adjunct therapy. Um, adjunct means well, it's the same as in parallel. So I kind of yeah, use yeah, two yeah. words. So yeah, How adjunct. Do I find it in, in my healing journey, I think probably it's absolutely essential. Absolutely essential. Whatever type of exercise it is you do, um, you you recommend yoga, and I think yoga is probably great for some people. I obviously I do a lot of stretching, 
Um, I didn't actually get into the yo-yo. It just wasn't my thing. I used to like lifting. I was starting to get into lifting weights before I was diagnosed, before I had the problems. So now I, I do resistance training. I enjoy resistance training at the moment. And because I'm eating lean and, and that's why I can look like a, a David Beckham in his heyday. I mean, and I'm not in my heyday. I'm 43, you know, which is not really old, but it's not, I'm not a young man. I look yeah. better than I did in my 20s. I look and feel fantastic. Well, you look good, um, yeah. and and you also what I'm what I, I think the point's even more pronounced because you look like Beckham did when he was probably 26 in, yeah. in physique. Now, yeah. um, it, it's it's amazing. So, when did you start the weight training? And I just want to say that this this is really important observation as I listen to you here. You mentioned L-glutamine before. Now, that is a precursor or a building block for L uh, for glutathione and mm. Glutathione is called the master antioxidant in the body. So when we talk, you know, we talked before about blueberries, the, the polyphenols in the blueberries, they're an antioxidant, right? So we combat free radical production. Um, and But nothing, no matter how many blueberries you eat, how many greens you eat, which are also rich in uh, antioxidant compounds, nothing beats glutathione. Glutathione's in the cells, so it's not circulating in the blood and offsetting free radicals that we consume in a meal-to-meal basis. Glutathione is driving the antioxidant uh, powerhouse of our whole body. Getting glutathione up is crucial for everyone with inflammatory arthritis. It's big in the fitness industry. They all know this just for longevity reasons and, and recovery reasons and so on. But for us, the crucial factor is that it reduces oxidative stress. And without going 10 minutes into the science, it's leaky gut and oxidative stress are the two most uh, crucial factors of inflammatory arthritis management. And if we can get our glutathione up, we know from the studies that glutathione is suggested as a possible uh, marker for disease activity in inflammatory arthritis. What does this mean? They say, instead of measuring your CRP, you could measure someone's glutathione and tell them how much inflammation they are likely to have based on the levels of glutathione, because it's that directly correlated to inflammation. So if we get our glutathione up, inflammation goes down. It's it's really, really strong, the science on this. And so- That explains a lot. This is is what I'm reading from listening to you is L-glutamine, which is a supplement that you're taking, which, by the way, the studies support for glutathione production. The studies are pretty weak in terms of inflammatory arthritis improvement, and that might be because people aren't doing L-glutamine plus going to the gym, plus doing a plant-based diet, plus all of the healthy things you're doing. They're just doing the supplement, which itself is not doing much for them. But, uh, you know, hitting the gym... And there's the most exciting sort of punchline of this whole thing is that resistance training is the most effective way of all exercises to increase glutathione. Well, compared to high intensity resist, uh, high intensity interval training, it, it is, mm. and compared to cardiovascular activity. So you have gone down the glutathione grab kind of uh, pathway and mm. look at how effective it's been in parallel to keeping your leaky gut under control with the foods. You see, you've got mm-hmm. diet and exercise. Mm. Yeah, it's amazing. And look, I don't know what it is exactly, because I took on such a, a broad spectrum of everything, I, I don't know what it is exactly that's worked for me. And 
And also, I don't have that scientific mind like yourself, so it's good to, for you to be able to sit here and explain to me what's sort of going on with with my body, what's happening, and, and why it's all working for me. Um, but, yeah, look, I jumped on the leaky gut thing very early, you know, and I jumped on the glutamine because I'd read that it feels leaky gut and collagen feels leaky gut, et cetera. And I've just been, at first, like I said, I was adding it to my smoothies, to my juices, and now I add it in my smoothies, and it's it's an everyday thing. Um, that And, yeah, look, I it was weird. I, I was worried with the resistance training and putting strain on my joints, but it seems to have the the reverse. It's made my joints better. It didn't damage them. It's made everything better. I can't explain it. Everyone, listen again. Please say that again, Phil. I want you to repeat exactly what you just said about resistance. What has has resistance training done for you? It's, mate, well, if if it's the resisting training training part, which I'm I'm sure it is tied in, it's, it's made my joints better instead of having a reverse effect. It's made movement in my joints and functionality in my joints better and stronger. And I'm talking after the enthesitis in my heel, which we know can be really excruciating. Anyone who's, who's, who's suffered with that one can be really bad. But I'll do a 45-degree leg press with 100 kilos on it. Now, with that, keeping in mind that I've got still, I still stuff the enthesitis a little bit. But every time I do that, it seems to be getting better and better and better. And as I've gone heavier in weight these last couple of weeks, it seems to be getting even better, the enthesitis. It's completely disappearing. So now, when I put that post on Instagram, I was probably 90, I would say I was 97% pain three, three. All right, that 3% probably a lot to do with this emphasis. But now, this week, how I'm feeling, I would probably say I'm 98 or 99%. So thanks to those leg presses I've done last week and those squats. <laughs> and and for those who are watching and listening to this now, thinking I could never do leg presses or squats, this next few moments is for you. You just start at the position that you're at right now and you do what's possible every day to the extent that it's not sharp pain, but it might be discomfort, but not sharp pain, but we've got to engage the parts that hurt. Engage the parts that hurt. Okay. So what does this look like? For the knees, if your knees hurt, you might just want to get into a single isometric squat. Isometric just means stationary. So don't do squats, just get into position, hold it, hold it, hold it. Okay, my legs are starting to quiver. My muscles are getting tired. Hold, hold, and then we come out of it. And that might be enough. That might be all we can do on day one. Day two, you might, and I I have a big timer on my, check this thing out, right? I have a big timer on my phone. Right, looks like that. I touch this yep. thing, okay, and away we go. I time all these things, isometric, uh, pull-ups, everything. You know, I time it. We want to. Yep. You have to measure what you want to improve, and then if you record it and put it in a public space, it ex- it improves exponentially. So we record these things, and then if if you want to look at elbows, get some resistance bands and just hold again. Do some resistance workout at home. Ten bucks for a set of bands. You know, the cost is mm-hmm. not a prohibitive thing. If we're looking at the feet, you've just described uh, an advanced foot thing, but with each of the parts of our body, including our fingers, we want to hold on to a solid hard bar and take some of our weight, make those fingers work. As long as we do it with a thick bar, it won't cause setbacks in the fingers. It'll just help them to close. This is 16 years of rheumatoid Mm. arthritis. Look at those hands. You know what I mean? Mm. 
only three years on meds. So I'm like 10 years off, whatever it is, 10 years off drugs, nine, whatever. Mm. So we got to get this body an Mm. opportunity to do what it's capable of. I believe all of us are mentally putting the, putting the lid on our ability of our body that wants wants to build its own glutathione through mm-hmm. exercise. So how did you get there with the feet? You can't just get into 100 leg press, kilo leg press like that. You must have incrementally got there. Yeah, no, so obviously it was a slow thing. And look, let's keep in mind that um, even with stretching out my plantar fascia on my left foot, that was really sore. And with the emphasitis on my right, which was excruciating. I work as a waiter, so once I had orthotics made up and I was, I guess I was gently stretching them, and first I started back to work, you know, just four shifts a week. Now I'm back on my full eight shifts, you know, but first I was just four shifts a week, and then it was five, and then it was six, and I think at about six shifts a week I started to go back to the gym once or twice and just started off light. I was still a bit apprehensive and scared, and I started just a little by little, you know, and and the whole thing has sort of just ramped up, been a build-up, and now... I'm at work full time. I can even pick up extra shifts. You know, I'm running around the place, you know, like one of the fastest waiters, quicker than you know that that we have there running around the whole day basically. Um, and then and then I hit the gym at night and I'm lifting heavier and heavier and heavier every time. So it's been a slow ramp up, but yeah, I did start slowly. Um, and and you have to, you know, and like you say, you start. You have to get. And here's the thing for me as well. Some nights after a double shift of work. I'm tired and I don't want to go to the gym. My my brain's telling me like something's done, you don't want to go, but I do want to go. Because I know what happens, I feel guilty if I don't if I don't go, and this is the problem for us with so I think you I heard a reference in one of your podcasts that it's like that that tiger in the boat in the life of fire, you know? Or or it's like that that fire that the, the embers are still there smoldering. So or more like if I don't go keep going to the gym. It comes back, you know. I'm worried that, or I'm worried that it'll come back. The tiger will, will will wake up again. So even if I'm tired, even if I don't want to go, I have to go because that's what that's what keeps me able to be able to run around and play kickball with my son in the park, you know. Because right now, that is your medicine. Mm. You don't have a pharmaceutical drug. You have an exercise and diet lifestyle drug. And if we exactly. stop the drug. We get worse because we've stopped our medicine. And so we must take the medicine, whatever format it looks like for us that we've created with our lifestyle. Because without it, as you say, life of pie, the lion there, it or tiger, it is a uh, it's a wild animal and it'll attack mm. you again. Mm. What I really want to know, people are probably fascinated to find out what stretches did you do for your feet? Um, because that that's something that's going to be really interesting. And what did the orthotics do? Do you still wear the orthotics? Talk to us about feet. Yeah, right so look, the, the orthotics are uh, in my work shoes, and I only wear them in my work shoes now. If I do need to change them over to my other shoes, I do, but generally I don't now. Um, the orthotics are in my work shoes, and I work as a waiter, so I'm constantly walking around. So I think that gentle, gentle stretching helps me a lot. Little by little, I think, is what's done it for me. I didn't really do any stretches with my feet or anything because working as a waiter and having orthotics, the work that was done for me in my steps every day. So I can't really say I've done any stretches there. Just slowly, slowly getting stretched out. Is that because the orthotics apply pressure into different parts of the foot that therefore, like, are we talking about 
you know, the soft tissue parts of the foot elongating and changing and developing different. I can't, I don't, I've never worn. I'm not a podiatrist either, but from what I can gather here, yeah. Um, yeah. so yeah, from what I can gather, because it, it, it supports your feet for anyone who's suffering with the, the plantar fascia, which a lot of us do, and mm-hmm. the anthocytis, it supports your feet and, and yeah, it, it elongates it. So it slowly stretches it with each step and it slowly makes it more, what's the word? Flexible? I don't know, flexible, I guess, yeah. Right. So, yeah. Um, um, yeah, yeah, it's a tricky one to grasp, which uh, yeah. uh, a range of motion of the of the foot potentially. Yeah. yeah? So I think for anyone with with the sore plantar and with enthesitis, definitely go and invest in in the orthotics. Go and invest in some good uh I found the the hocker shoes by Bondi. You've probably seen them referenced a lot. I don't know if you have other people yeah. watching this in, in, in spondyloarthritis groups, etc. On Facebook, I found a lot of references made to this. It's a shoe called the Hocker Bondi or the Hocker Shoes. Um, uh, just amazing for people with arthritis. So I recommend get a, get a set of them with some orthotics if if you're suffering like I did in your feet, which which a lot of us do. A lot of us. That's where the symptoms come first, and that's how we find out. That's how we get our diagnosis. That's how we find out we've got a spondyloarthritis mm, okay. or a somatic arthritis, or etc. So. Yeah, I went through the whole thing before I – I thought it was a foot problem at first, you know. Yeah. And I thought it was something to do with my work or overused or et cetera, et cetera, but then things are really bad. So but we thought, this is not just my feet. There's something more going on here, you know. From a mindset point of view, um, you mentioned your son being a huge motivator to play with him and spend time with him. Could you give us – some other things that were going through your mind that were either negative things that like your demons that you had to battle or the driving things like your son, if any, if there are other things. And can you just give us an insight into, you know, your mind throughout this process? Yeah. So look, uh, they say a lot of these leaky gut conditions and autoimmune can be brought on by stress as well. I had leading up to to this point in my life was a, pretty, a few pretty hard years where a lot of lot of death of loved ones, etc., um, loss of friendships, etc. So I probably might have been stressed that caused my problem. So as part of my healing, what I've done, I I sort of had to refocus my energies and my attention on not not what people had done wrong by me or not what I had lost, but what I had, and live in the moment a lot more. Turn my phone off. Stop trying to worry about what the world was doing or impress what half the world, you know, and focus and live and live in the moment and be with my son and with my wife and with my family and be there in that moment and live and heal myself as well mentally. Um, a lot of people say that you know, you're, a lot of people use meditation, etc., as well, and and it works. Keep in mind, I had my friend taking similar steps to me to to battle his cancer that so it sort of applied to me as also we were able to help each other and share information and so i looked into meditation a lot i'm quite spiritual i I prayed you know i I believe in god um a lot so yeah there there were demons and there were there were blessings so i had to look more at the blessings that i had and change and focus my, my whole mind shift and and that helped me with changing over diet as well and not worrying about what i was missing out on but worry about what i could gain and honestly what i have gained is like I said, I feel and look better. I've got endless energy, you know. People telling you telling here telling me you look great, you know. If you had to see photos of me when I was in my twenties, 
I was a big boy, you know. I didn't look like I do now. So, yeah, look, definitely there's – and everyone's going to have – there's always going to be demons to fight, but it's you've got to shift to a positive mindset. But also the diet will help that. As we also know, the gut microbiome affects emotions, affects thoughts. So they all come into play together. What I would suggest is start cleaning up your diet and the rest will follow. You'll have the energy levels then to want to exercise. Even when it comes to exercise, since I'm more plant-based now, I recover quicker after my heart exercises. I'm lighter. I've got more energy. I've got my old strength back that I had from – I've just recently got my old strength back probably a little bit stronger from when I was – now I'm around 70 kilos, I think 74 this morning. Before the arthritis, I did lose some weight. I was about 80, 83. So I was a bit stronger and I lost a lot of muscle. But I've regained that strength, but now I'm lighter. I don't weigh as much. So I'm stronger, fitter, leaner, meaner. I feel fantastic. And it's all all thanks to you and other people like you who sort of showed me the way. And then the rest of it, I, I built myself. I painted a picture for myself and I've done it, you know. I didn't do it myself. I've done it with this whole community of support. And and as I say in my post, I, I, I'm a believer in God, so I've done it, you know, with the big man upstairs first and foremost. What part of this entire journey are you most proud of? All of it. <laughs> Look, if I tell you the truth, as, as much as I'm proud of myself, well, even my wife, God bless her, you know, when, when I was, this is what she, she pointed out to me one day, when I was lifting myself up out of bed in the morning and I started getting up really early during lockdown when I wasn't able to work and I had the time to study and heal, I'd lift myself out of bed on my crutches and I'd hobble into the kitchen and I'd put my crutches there and I'd, and I'd move myself around and I'd start making myself my healthy, chop up my food for my breakfast. And when I was just having fruit for breakfast in them days, now I've expanded, I have, you know, I've discovered there's a wonderful gluten-free world out there that I can enjoy. But these days, it was purely vegan fruit, vegetables, to get that inflammation right down. But so my wife says to me one day as I was starting to get better and I was saying, it's amazing, you know, look what I've done. She, she says, and what do you think your wife done for you all this time? And I said, I don't know. What did you do? Pray like you always do and help out? Like, what she goes, well, what didn't I do? I was like, I don't know. What are you talking about? She says, I mean, don't you think that it would have been so easy for me to get up and cook you breakfast every morning, make you breakfast? Uh, she made me want, she made me, I had to get up and do it myself. She made me get moving. God bless her. You see where I'm coming from? Absolutely. By she, making she, you get out of bed and physically use your strength and to move myself. the crutch. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And become more and more determined to get better. To get because going through that pain made me determined to get better. So it made me stick more with the diet. It made me, you know. So yeah. Every like my proudest moment and who I can sort of thank is is everyone, you know. I mean, I might say, yeah, I've done it, but it wasn't me. It was you, Clint, it was the whole you know, autoimmune community was was everyone, and and the battle's still on. I'm not there. I'm not there yet. You know, it's an ongoing battle. But man, I feel good. You know, that's right. So the battle shifts from kind of feeling like you're in the corner and the two thousand pound gorilla is beating you in the head with both fists, and the battle changes that you're still in the ring, but now you're feeling strong and the. Uh, the 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 enemy is uh, is not attacking you, but sitting down on their stool in a very long, 
Sorry to cut you. He's another gym boy. Yesterday I had to take my son to the doctor who was having some sinus problems. And I ended up seeing the same doctor who, who sent my GP who sent me for my blood test who suspected ankylosing spondylitis. She asked me how I was going. So I gave her a quick rundown of actually how I'm going. Clean, I kid you not, she started taking notes from what I'd done. So what now I'm teaching the doctors? You get me? So that's an amazing feeling. That puts that gorilla right back in his corner. You know? Isn't that to have my rheumatologist tell me you're curing yourself? You know, that's an amazing feeling. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, she, she started taking notes yesterday, writing down, oh, L-glutamine, oh, this, oh, this, that. She asked me, what are you doing? So I started to give her a little bit of a rundown. And she there starts writing it down. <laughs> This is what we can do. This is why I have this show. And this is why I'm so grateful to have you with us today to share this information because uh, there is so much content in the world that isn't helpful. Uh, and I'm not just talking about the frivolous millions of cat videos on YouTube. I'm talking about even within the health spectrum, within the autoimmune community, the path to wellness is very narrow up the mountain. And we have just put another step in place that's made it just that little bit easier to keep your footing on that on that path to walk up the mountain with this episode today. We're trying to build a solid, straight, nice path that millions of people can walk down because there are so many paths based on information that just doesn't work even within the autoimmune space. So, so thank you yeah. for contributing. No, thank you. Look, and that's why that's why I reached out to you because I felt I had to share. So perhaps I can help someone the same way I always help. If it wasn't for your podcast, it would never have started. So I thought I have to play my part as well. And what I would recommend to anyone watching this is that yeah, look, it takes watch this podcast, watch all of your podcasts, whatever your condition is, research as much as you can. And there is so much information out there, and you have to trawl through hours and hours and days of it, but. If you find one or two little gems that helps your condition and helps you, like like I've done, then man, you're living. You're really living. You know, it might take a while, but watch all the podcasts, read all the interviews, read all the information. My phone is just full of information that I've saved and kept. And yep. like I said, I've learned so much of it, and so much of it is science based. I don't really have a science mind that I, I can't tell you what's worked and what. What information has stuck in? I couldn't repeat it, but I know it's in there. I know it, you know. Yeah. So yeah, that's um, why sharing sharing the information I think is is important, and and having these communities, and that's and that's why I sort of I tagged you and called out to you because I thought it was it was time, you know. Thank you, thank you. What's your Instagram at uh, anchor so that people can follow you? My my Instagram is Phil Camp. Um, P H I double Yeah. You can yeah. you can check it out there. It's it's not really um, diet or lifestyle based up until now. It's been more my family and my adventures. There'll probably be a lot more now that I've gone public. I'll probably start to put a little bit more diet, etc., and, and lifestyle things up there. Yeah. Um, obviously, but I've just come gone public now, so I'll start to share my story with the world a bit and help help whoever I can. You know, as I say at the end of all of these wonderful. Uh, interviews with folks like yourself, the only enemy you have now is complacency. 
and never get complacent. You brought up the, the life of pie analogy. It's a fabulous one. We don't, don't want to poke that line and stir it up because it will turn if we get a little bit too complacent, a little bit too aggressive with our stick. Um, so watch out for that as a final parting. And thank you. And the last comment I want to say is how does it feel now to, to kick a ball with your son, to cuddle your son and to know that you can lift him, hold him and play with him? Yeah, amazing. And I can do it better than I could before. So, you know, I can run further and be less tired. I can run longer than I could before. So it's amazing. What can I say? It's a blessing. Yeah, good on you. Thank you. Thanks, my friend. Thanks for listening to Rheumatoid Solutions. If you'd like to get more help to live an easier, healthier, and happier life, visit rheumatoidsolutions.com.